Well, welcome to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. This is our Breeders' Cup Week special edition, or should I say editions. We're going to have a show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, which will also include on Friday some NFL interviews. But boy, today we have Tom Ryan of SF Bloodstock on to talk about the horses, and there are many that they have interest in in this weekend's Breeders' Cup races. Doug O'Neill, two-time Kentucky Derby winning trainer, will be on to talk about the six horses he has entered or will enter into the Breeders' Cup. And John Sadler, last year's classic winner, 2018 winner with Accelerate, will be my guest today. Tomorrow we'll have on other thoroughbred industry legends, including Mikey Smith, Hall of Fame jockey, Johnny Velasquez will be on this week. We'll have on Drayden Van Dyke. We'll have Mike Pegram, owner of McKinsey or co-owner of McKinsey. What a great week of uh, horse racing celebrities we have on for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with a great show and a great start to Breeders' Cup Week. I got the horse right here. The name is Paul Revere. And here's a guy that says if the weather is clear, can do, can do. This guy says the horse can do. Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. And I'm very, very fortunate to have my next guest member, part owner. And we'll find out exactly how that works. And that's why he's on today. Tom Ryan of SF Bloodstock, who has a whole lot of representation in the Breeders' Cup races this weekend. Tom, good morning. How you doing? And uh, what's going on, man? Good morning, Mike. Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's uh... My pleasure. It, I appreciate it. It's wonderful. Look, we're an exciting week ahead, and um, it, the training's all done now. We just need to uh, yeah. see how we draw today and see how we feel about that later this evening. Yeah, I'm going to take uh, the fans through a bunch of involvement uh, in horses that you have represented this weekend. But first, I want to talk about SF Bloodstock. I look at the form. I talk to you. I uh, ask you questions about horse racing, and then you hand me your card, and it says SF Bloodstock. But when I look at some of the uh, ownership groups that are on listed on these horses, it's listed as SF Racing. Could you explain to the fans what the difference of those two things are? Well, SF Bloodstock encompasses our uh, overall business, and uh, SF Racing is just dedicated to our to our racehorses, and we race under that that name. Um, SF Bloodstock. We have we have stallions, we have broodmares, we have uh, we have investments in Australia, Europe, and America. So it's it's a rather large uh, large investment. And uh, these weekends, Breeders' Cup weekend, is is very meaningful to us. It's, it's, it's important to have participation on this weekend, and hopefully, we'll have some big results. Well, let's. I'm going to go through a few things, uh, a few horses that you guys do have uh, representation in, starting with uh, you guys are the owner of the Dam of Mongolian Groom, uh, who has entered in the Classic, even though there was some talk that the horse would uh, head over to Japan to race. But the winner of the Grade 1 Awesome again, uh, tremendous race, tremendous finish, and the horse looked fantastic. And so you own the Dam of Mongolian Groom, you own the dam of El Tormente, who is running in the turf mile. So that right yeah. in there by itself must be an exciting start to the weekend. Yeah, look, it is. It's, it's, it's magnificent. Um, the dam of Mongolian Groom is a young 10-year-old Dynaformer mare with a fabulous pedigree. And Mongolian Groom has stamped himself this year as a force to, be, to 
to be reckoned with. You know, he ran 110 bar, beating McKenzie the last day. And as we know, beating McKenzie is no easy feat. Um, she's, uh, she's a mare we're excited on, and uh, she's a mare that if, if he was to win the Classic, we would uh, bring her over to Cesic Tipton and offer her to the public and see, see if uh, we could sell her next week. Well, and if not, we're, she's, she's a mare that we would happily keep and she could support any of our young stallions or, or more proven stallions. She could go to one of our young guns this year, Catholic Boy, or she could go to one of our older professionals in Spike Town. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that's nice. You know, and, uh, and the Dama Valtormente, again, she's the same deal. She's a, she's a nightmare. She's by El Prado. Nice bloodlines the whole way through. He won the Woodbine Mile. Uh, he was a long shot in there, and he'll be a long shot in the Breeders' Cup turf mile. But you know, he might be sneaky good. He's uh, he, he, he's not to be completely overlooked, in my opinion. Well, that's that's exciting, and that's just a start. I mean, I'm just getting started here. Let's stay <laughs> let's stay on the broodmares for a second. I know uh, uh, there was some talk in an article I read that Little Indy, uh, the mayor of uh, Maximum Security, is going back yeah. into the sales ring uh, in the first session in Keeneland, November Breeder Stock, November sixth. Uh, it was exciting to see Maximum Security get back on the track and win the Bold Ruler Handicap at Belmont this past weekend. Tell us a little bit about Lil Indy, and I thought the story of that horse was pretty exciting. Uh, why don't you take the fans through that for a second? Yeah, no, fabulous story that's really kind of worked out. We've had our highs and our lows in the last couple of months for sure, but I was in Australia at the, the yearling sales in April, and I got a call from uh, one of our farm managers up here, Robbie Lyons, and he said, would you have any interest in owning the dam of the Florida Derby winner? And I said, for sure, let's talk about it. And he said, there's one thing we need to establish the mayors in South Korea, mm. but you know we've we've never been we've never been afraid of a challenge. And uh, anyway, long story short, we bought the mayor, and uh, she had a full sibling to maximum security at her at her side of Philly, and um, she she arrived back in Kentucky the day before the Kentucky Derby, and that first Saturday in May for twenty minutes we felt like we had hit the hit the lottery, and. Uh, Maximum Security won the Derby and then was disqualified, as we all know. But things got better from then on. He came back and he's won the Haskell. Um, then we went downhill again. He had his colic uh, mm-hmm. about yeah. about a month ago. It looked like he was sick and maybe out for the rest of the year. And fortunately, the horses recovered very, very well. He came back. He wins the Bold Ruler this again in one twenty and change. Yeah. You know, there's no horse in New York has run seven furlongs faster than that in a group one since 1985. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Run ha- run happy is the only horse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it was a nice and, race. Um, so, so we're excited. You know, we bred her to Quality Road. She's a beautiful mare. I've seen her this morning. She looks amazing. And um, hopefully it'll be a, a good result for us um, come to breeding stock sales next week. Well, the best of luck with that. I know that's so important for you, these sales, to uh, to keep everything going in the right direction and to continue yeah. to build your band. Is that what your band of horses? Hey, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about one more horse you have uh, part ownership in, then I'm going to get to the horses you have racing uh, this weekend. You guys are part owner of uh, Catalina Cruiser. Uh, you have the breeding rights when he retires to uh, Lane's End in 2020. I think it's a similar deal. I think if I read correctly that you had uh, with Accelerate in 2018 when he won the Classic. Uh, tell us a little bit. Tell the fans how that works, would you please, Tom? Yeah. So you know, some of these deals are they're tied up before the horses retire, and he's a horse that was very appealing to us, Catalina Cruiser. Um, you know, he's just a horse that's real natural brilliance and um 
John Sadler has great faith in this horse, and, and, and he's a beautiful specimen. I think he's a horse that's going to be very commercial. He's going to he's a horse that at the right stud fee, depending on how his how his weekend goes, he'll be very very popular in Kentucky. And he's a horse that we have lots of good producing broodmares to support him with. We did the same deal last year with uh, Accelerate two or three starts before he retired, and he, he delivered. He, he won the Austin again last year, I believe, and he came back and he won the Classic, and he was, uh, he was a fantastic result for us. And, you know, we, we, we treat these young horses with great respect and give them every chance possible. You know, we would have bred dams of three or four grade one winners to Accelerate this year at Stud, including the Dam of California Chrome, and give him every chance to be all that he can be. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about Catalina Cruiser. We're excited about having the opportunity to invest in a horse with Lanes End Farm again, and uh, we're looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, and I have uh, John Sadler, who is actually beeping me right now, <laughs> coming on the show today also, and he's excited about Catalina Cruiser. And I tell you, that dirt mile, which I believe he's going to go in, not the sprint, uh, and we'll find out for sure, is going to be a tough race with Omaha Beach in there and Improbable, your horse. And let's segue over to uh, Improbable before we get back and talking about eight rings. How about Improbable? It's hard for me as a fan, because I'm treated like a regular fan, to get, unless I know the jock's agent, to get the, or someone that owns the horse, to get the jockey that's riding these horses. And who do you guys have up on Improbable, especially since Mike Smith, Rode him in the uh, Pennsylvania Derby, and I think Mikey's going to go on Omaha Beach. Who's going to ride Improbable? Are you allowed to say that on the show today? I think we'll leave that to Bob uh-huh. uh, when you when you get talking to him. But I got him on the show. T- I got. I got, excuse me. I got Bob on the show. I'll ask him see what he says. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's in good hands, and I can tell you, Spafford is on fire about this horse. He said he's never seen him train better. He's he's. It's, he said it's amazing. He's just coming into himself right now. Mm-hmm. He really feels he's got the distance right at the mile. And um, I said to him, wow, wouldn't it be something if uh, we could take down Omaha Beach? And he said, I'm planning on it. Well, that's so. exciting. Yeah, well, he, you know, fans don't remember. He went off the favorite in the Kentucky Derby. And then, sure and then sure Bob did. thought so much of him, he ran him back in the Preakness and then gave him a little breather. And, uh, you know, yeah. and so he ran the Pennsylvania Derby. So, yeah, that's an exciting that's going to be an exciting race. That's going to be the, one of the better races in the weekend, I think. It, it sure will. And it's exciting for this horse to, to hopefully get him at the, the right distance. And he will stay in training next year, too. So, oh, that's you know, good. It's, it's, exciting. it's exciting for the fans to see a horse like this remain around for another year. It really is. It really is. And give him yeah. a chance to show what he has and show his talent. And, uh, yeah. and that's a good thing for fans. Let's move on to Eight Rings. Uh Eight Rings is a horse that uh, Bobby came on the show and touted months ago. In fact, Bobby was our second guest, and he touted Eight Rings, and I kept watching and watching and watching for him, and we finally had a chance to see Eight Rings break his maiden by six, uh, six and a half furlongs or so at uh, Del Mar. Yeah. But it was announced on Friday morning, uh, I read an article that uh, Coolmore Stud has secured the breeding rights to... Uh, uh, eight rings, and the horse would stand at Ashford Stud. So that's where I, as a fan, get a little confused. So I usually call Mike Mike Pagram and ask him, okay, how does Coolmore Stud buy it and it stands at Ashford Stud? So does Ashford Stud actually own, is owned by Coolmore Stud? Could you explain that yeah, yeah. for me and the fans? Yeah, that, that's correct. Yeah. Coolmore are the parent stud of Ashford Stud. They have, um, they have probably the largest stud farms globally between Australia, Ireland, and America. They're 
they're incredible at what they do. I've worked for them over the years, and and uh, I know them very well. Probably it's hard to find people that you respect more in the industry. They've, they went out and they secured American Pharoah, won a triple crown. They, we were fortunate that uh, they got involved in Justify, and uh, we uh, we won a triple crown together with that horse, and hopefully we're on the same path here with Eight Rings. Um, they're they're great partners, and there's nobody will give the horse a better chance to become a become a an elite stallion down the road. Yeah, that's exciting. And that horse, uh, one obviously came back after they lost the jock and had a little bit of problem coming out of the gate uh, in the Delmar Futurity, but came back and won the American Pharaoh with ease by six lengths and really sets this horse up well for this race. Well, congratulations on that. And then uh, the the third horse that you guys represent and have in this weekend is, uh, I tell you, this horse makes every dance, it seems like. And uh, watched the horse run back in New York when I was back there to watch Mackenzie. Uh, then the horse, uh, and obviously I'm talking about Yoshida for those fans out there, came back and ran in the Woodward. This horse is, uh, uh, I think, going to be ridden by Mikey Smith, uh, trainer, yeah. trainer Billy Mott. Talk about Yoshida and uh, how exciting it is to have. Well, it's, it, the breeding of this horse is really cool. It's uh, it's by a heart's cry, a, a Japanese bred who's by Sunday Silence, which, of course, we all remember the great uh, Charlie Whittingham, yeah. the bald eagle training Sunday Silence to victory. Tell us a little bit about yeah. the fans about Yoshida, and then I'll let you go on your way. I know you got a busy day ahead of you. All right. So this is an interesting story. It's a cool story. We went about um, five years, four years ago to Japan. We went. What, what we actually went to do, the main part of our mission, was to try repatriate Empire Maker. We were trying to buy him and bring him back. I went with Elliot Walden of Windstar, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, we, we, we missed on Empire Maker. We weren't able to get the deal cut, but we did find his colt. There was, a, there was a yearling sale on at the time, and he was out of Hilda's Passion, who won the ballerina for Jack Wolf in Starlight Race. She was a really fast mare. She won, a, she won that by six lengths. Uh, you know, it's very hard to win a sprint by six lengths, mm-hmm. no matter where it is. Um, but in fairness, Elliot was very taken with this horse, and we had kind of agreed on a price going into the ring. We thought we'd give 500 grand for him. But the, the bidding was going on in yen, and I didn't know how much we were bidding, to be honest with you, but Elliot was <laughs> determined to buy the horse anyway, and we bought the horse. I think he cost us about 725 mm. but it turned out to be a great story. We brought him back to America. This horse has taken us to, to, to Royal Ascot. He's, he's won a great one on the turf. He's won a great one on the dirt. He's a fantastic specimen. And he's he's a genuine life chance in the classic. Um, I was in Mott's Barn in Saratoga last week, and all I can tell you is they said we're getting ready to rock the world. Oh wow, yeah. Well, well, you got a jockey that's going to be riding a horse that probably has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after being taken <laughs> <laughs> after being taken off off Mackenzie, which is my friend Mikey Smith, and uh, I have Mikey on tomorrow, so we'll hear a little bit about that tomorrow. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, uh, Tom, great, great luck to you. Uh, I know you're traveling tomorrow, getting out to the West Coast. Uh, Excited to have you on the show. I know the fans are going to be excited to hear all the stories and the information. Uh, thanks yeah. for kicking off this great week we have here in Odds and Ends with uh, with the Breeders' Cup talent uh, that we have. And uh, best of luck this week, and hopefully I'll see you on Saturday. Uh, I appreciate it, man. Let's do it again. Okay, bye. Bye-bye, Tom. Uh, thanks. Bye-bye. Can do, can do, this guy says the horse can do, if he says the horse can do. 
Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tyson. My uh, next guest has been on the show actually twice. The first time I forgot to hit record and he was gracious enough to come back on and do a great interview and give us a couple of horses actually. And that is the great John Sadler who's having a tremendous 2019 coming off his 2018 uh, Breeders' Cup Classic win. John, how's it going? How's the week starting out? Good. It's Monday. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to the Breeders' Cup this week. The weather looks promising. We're ready to go. Yeah, I bet you are. You got a lot of really nice horses that you uh, have pre-entered, and I'm going to go th- down the list and uh, give hopefully give the fans some information that they can't get reading on the Internet. And I'm going to start with a horse, uh, John, if you don't mind, that I gave, no, that you gave out on the show a few months ago and has uh, really done well. And uh, this horse has been pre-entered in two races, so maybe you can enlighten the fans on which way you're going. And that's Encoder. Encoder was a horse you gave out way back in uh, August, uh, won its first at first asking at Del Mar, um, has, has been training excellently and... Uh, Tell us a little bit about Encoder and where you're pointing the horse towards and uh, and what's going on with that. And then even if you could tell us who's riding the horse. Yeah, well, Encoder um, pre-entered in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Mile and the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint. Right. He's going to run in the Juvenile Sprint Okay. Um, with Flavian Pratt aboard. Okay. We feel that he's a little, um, even though he wanted a mile, we think he's a little, well, the word I want to use is like punchier, has more kick at the shorter distance. Mm-hmm. So that's why we chose the juvenile sprint. He was actually listed as, as one of the also eligibles, but we've been informed by the Breeders' Cup that one of the horses from Europe is not coming. Okay. So he'll be in the juvenile sprint, and um, he's a pretty nice horse and ready to go. Yeah, no, that, that horse is, uh, we were excited. I know I was excited when you gave that horse out, and I kept watching for it and watching for it, and then bingo, bango, bongo, we got three to one, and I was a happy camper, and I appreciate that one, and <laughs> it gave me some, some extra money in the coffers. I'm going to move on to the turf sprint, okay? Uh, you have a horse entered in there named Double Touch, uh, in the turf sprint, can you tell us a little bit about Double Touch, if this horse is going, and uh, this is a race that'll be run on the second, and it'll be come off as the fifth race on the second at Santa Anita on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, this is a horse that's only also eligible. Um, I don't think he'll draw in. He'll be probably listed as an also eligible. Okay. Um, he ran a really good fourth here in the, in the prep race, but behind Eddie Haskell, came flying got beat about a length, um, so we wanted to enter the big one, but he doesn't really have the points to get in. Okay. So uh, it would take something, you know, kind of weird for him to get in the race. So he's also in a race on Thursday called the Lure Lure Stakes in Santa Anita, so I'll have to make up my mind on Thursday which day he's going to run. Okay. He'll probably end up running Thursday and not on on the Breeders' Cup. Okay, well, that's good, though. That'll, That'll be good for the fans to keep an eye out for double touch on Thursday at Santa Anita. And then, and then the really, uh, the really nice mare that you have entered in the uh, Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, uh, that's going to go off Saturday. Also, that'll be go off with the fourth race, Selcourt. Uh, uh, hopefully, you're going to run Selcourt. I know it's on, owned by Medallion Racing and Keith Abrams. Could you tell us a little bit about Selcourt and if uh, if she's going to get in? She so she's definitely in. Oh, nice. She's, um, 
She's a good sprinting filly. She got beat ahead in the in the prep race and ran great. Yeah, no, very fast. Um, gets a good trip all the time. So um, we think she's very competitive. And um, she'll be ridden by Louis Saez. Oh, nice! I'm pulling one of the East Coast guys. Yep. Out of out of my pocket for for her. Um, he's the regular rider, you know, of, of the Derby winner, Maximum Security. Yep. And he's the top rider in the making, seventh in the nation. And Selcourt's a go for Saturday. Had a bullet work here on Saturday, so she's in good shape. These are you know tough races, um, but she's ready to go. Yeah, tough races, but she's. Uh... She's 9 of 11 in the money, and that's a, a pretty good uh, 11 starts, 4 wins, 4 seconds, and a third. That's an excellent record and been running against some great horses, uh, ran in the Beholder Mile. Uh, this, is a, this is a really nice mare that I think is going to represent really well for your barn and the ownership group. Let's move on to, uh, I'm going to save the classic for last. Let's move on to a horse that you told us about. We, we spoke about on the show what, what you were pointing the horse towards, and, of course, that's the great Catalina Cruiser running in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Let me give the, the uh, uh, sponsor some love here, the big-ass fans, Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Uh, and then you have it also uh, pre-entered in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. My sources, they might not be good sources, told me you're going in the mile and that you were using uh, uh, Joel Rosario. I don't know if my sources are right, so you can go ahead and fire away and either correct my sources or make it look like I might know something. <laughs> <laughs> well, your sources are you're 50%, 50 oh. right. Okay. Joel Rosario will be riding Catalina Cruiser. Okay. But he's going to go in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Sprint. Oh, nice, nice. Um, you know, so he's um, going to be in there with Batoli. Uh, we feel it's speed figures are a little more dynamic under a mile. Um, he's a horse that's only last once, and once again, a good tough race, but he's good and tough himself, so he's ready to go home. We're looking forward to um, him on Saturday with Rosario in the iron. Oh, that's going to be some race. I'm excited about that race. I was excited. That could be the best race on the card. I went on my show Friday with Gary Stevens and said that it would be the best race on the card before I even knew Catalina Cruiser was running there. And boy, looking at the form right now, uh, he fits really well in that in that race. And of course, uh, fans, that horse is seven wins out of eight starts lifetime. Catalina Cruiser. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, for the Hironis uh, Racing LLC partnership, uh, I'm really excited that you have so many horses in uh, for that group because they are really involved in horse racing and they seem to be great owners for you. And uh, that's going to be a great race, John. I'm excited about that. Oh, that's I, I think it's the top race of the day. Uh, you don't want to say that because you make somebody else in another race feel bad. Yeah, too bad. If you look at the horses with that show, that chance a lot, and, and Matoli and, and Catalina Cruiser and Imperial Head, that's going to be a really super race. It really is, and that's exciting to hear that, and I'm excited to be able to tweet that out after the show. That's a, that's really good news. And let's go to the big race. The big race to me is, is wide open. Uh, you know, I don't want to say that because I have my dear friend Mike Pagram coming on this afternoon to talk about McKenzie. But boy, oh boy, what a what a field! And that's higher power and higher power. I watched the show uh, before the Pacific Classic when you were with Bob Baffert and Higher Power put that work in, and that was, I mean, the work of a, I mean, a lifetime for a horse, and then to come back and just kick butt 
in the uh, in the Pacific Classic. So, higher power is going in the Classic. Is that correct, John? Yeah, that's correct. Pat will ride him, and you know you get a little value on him because in the um, prep race um, he stumbled at the start, right, right, and almost lost his rider. Mm-hmm. So then he had to recoup, and you know it was you know it was kind of, kind of draw a line through that race. We know he's good at a mile and a quarter. He's trained well for this. And, um, you know, we're excited about having him in the Classic. I feel he's really competitive in there. It's a fun race. You know, you've got a late in there. You've got a champion Philly. Um, you've got the three-year-olds going against the olders. Right. So, Code of um, honor. Yeah. You know, it's a great betting race. If you find something you like in there, I promise you, you're going to get a pretty pretty good price. I think you are. I don't think the favorite's going to go off at 5-2. to two, I can promise you that. It's going to be a well-bet race. A lot of horses that actually have a, a viable chance to win the horse, uh, excuse me, win the race, and, and your horse, Higher Power, is one of them. Well, listen, yeah. I know you... Go go ahead. I'm sorry, John. No, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you got a lot going on, and you, and you have a lot of people you got to take care of for this, this whole week, and uh, I'm really excited. Hopefully, I can get down there Saturday and watch the the classic and watch the other races on Saturday. If not, you know I'll be betting. Uh, looking forward to uh, your horses and get you getting in the in the winter circle this weekend. And thanks for taking the time to come on and have a great week, John. All right, it's it's my pleasure, Mike. And, and uh, we got good news. The Rams have a bye. Get regrouped for the second half. So. Well, they look they're looking they're looking better though. The Rams are looking better. Uh, but, you know, anyone could look good playing the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. All right. All right, John. Have a good week. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Can do. Can do. This guy says the horse can do. If he says the horse can do. Can do. Well, welcome back to Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. And I'm uh, really excited to have my uh, next guest who is having a tremendous Tremendous year this year, uh, winning at uh, oh gosh, uh, almost almost a thirty percent clip, and he's just having win after win after win after win, and that's Doug O'Neill, two-time Derby winning trainer, won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile with Nyquist in fifteen, and came back with an undefeated horse Nyquist to win the Derby in sixteen. That's my man Doug O'Neill. Doug, what's up? Hey, good coach. Thanks for having me, man. Oh yeah, I'm really excited to have you. And and before we move on to the Breeders' Cup uh, stuff on on the horses that you've entered, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this celebration that I read about in the newspaper uh, that our horse industry persons, owners, jockeys, trainers, uh, hot walkers, grooms, and uh, and the celebration you're having each week, each Saturday. Tell the fans about what's going on with that uh, and all that energy that the horse racing industry is putting out there. Uh, thank you, Coach. Yeah, you know, we've had some, uh, oh, God, where do I start? You know, we've had some animal extremists kind of, the small groups of them, but um, just come out with a lot of uh, negative information and, and false information. And, and the media kind of got a hold of that. And then it got a little bit, you know, to where it, it felt like you were, getting hit over the head every day going going to work so right. um we just started a, a thing where uh and it's kind of been building and building there's been about 50 or 60 of us every saturday and and uh it's really just a sign of hey you know we chose to work alongside horses for a living we're proud of it we're, we're so grateful for our jobs and what we do and and uh, 
so it's really it, it's it's a counter protest, but it's really a celebration and and uh, just trying to be you know trying to lot of trying to have a voice for a lot of people that uh, uh, have felt a little bit paralyzed with all this negative um, bad press narrative, you know, from from a really small number of people that. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't think exactly the way they think, you, you're you're a bad person. And, and uh, uh, but but we know that um, that we again have chose to work alongside horses. We absolutely revere uh, our animals. We love them, and uh, our accidental fatality is going to happen. Of course, with, with with humans and animals, it, it happens. And uh, but there's no abuse. And so, anyways, you know, it's really just uh, a celebration of, of being proud to to be part of a, a great industry like horse racing and 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 again it we're seeing it build it's it's every saturday it's we started it at delmar this past season and now it's worked over to san anita and it's really been a it, it actually has a football tailgate or, or pep rally kind of vibe to it we got mm-hmm. a band going and it just uh again just to remind it's that kind of shared experience of uh each and every one of us from hot walkers to grooms to trainers to owners to, to fans to to people that take, you know, bets, the people that work in the parking lot. It's just, a, there's so many, I, I think there's a total of like 77,000 jobs up and down the state of California mm-hmm. that somewhere or another are tied to horse racing. So, you know, we're just all grateful for our jobs, grateful for what we do, and and, uh, and just want to get the word out there that it's it's a beautiful thing, not, uh, not with a small few who don't know anything about it may say. Right. And I think you hit a key word, uh, Doug, a couple of times. And thanks so much for that update on that, because I think the fans need to understand it. They just read about uh, the fatalities of the horses and, and, you know, and jockeys hitting the ground when the horse goes down and and those injuries. But uh, work, you said it work. You said go to my job. What people don't understand are 77,000 people up and down the coast uh, that make their living in the horse racing industry, pay their bills, feed their families, send their kids to college. And and so because of the fact that there are some groups out there that are just strictly negative and don't want to listen to you know, the other side, if you will, I think it's a great thing that all you people are doing and show, you know, how important you know, how important this is for your lives, your livelihood, and for what you've chosen to do. Uh, with your lives and your careers, and uh, I appreciate that, Doug. I really appreciate Thank that, you, Coach. and I'm sure the Thank fan you. and I'm sure the fans will as well. With with that update in mind, and I'm going to have on Mike Pegram tomorrow morning, and I know Mike Pegram wow. is going to address the same issue. So I think that's great to have you guys on my show and let the fans yeah. know about uh, you know what what's really going on, right? What's really going on? So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure, and thanks for coming on again. And let me tell you, yeah. uh, let's bring the heat, baby. Let's bring the fire. You've uh, you've got <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven horses pre-entered. Uh, I'm not privy yeah. to uh, until I ask you the question: which ones you think are getting in, which ones are also eligible. But let's start at the top of my list so I don't lose track and work my way down the juvenile turf uh, presented by Coolmore America. You have entered in or pre-entered in War Beast. Now, is that a horse that's going to uh, get in? Is that a horse you're going to still yeah. enter? And tell us a little yep. bit about the horse, if you can, who's riding the horse. And uh, let's let's start right there. I love it. Yeah, War Beast, he's a real talented son of uh, uh, Declaration of War. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, we added blinkers to uh, his equipment uh, in his last start, and it really seemed to uh, get the best out of him. And, and he ran a, a really solid second in, in a stake race there at the, on the at Sandy, the turf course where the Breeders' Cup's going to be, of course. So, right. um, actually, his last two starts, I apologize. He, mm-hmm. he broke his maiden with the blinkers on, and he came back right. again second. So it, it, it's really. In the Zuma that edition, yep. I yep. think, yeah. It, uh, so he's going to be an outsider. Abel Cedillo, who's a hot riding. He's a leading yes. rider right now by one over Mr. Flavian Pratt at Sanita. So we got a hot rider and Cedillo on him. And uh, he's going to be an outsider, but, man, he's got that, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, horse racing, speed is so strong, and he's got speed to get himself in a good position. And because of that, I think he's got a good outside chance there. Yeah, no, that's that's exciting. And and let me ask you a question, and because and, I feel this, and I've been told this is true, but, you know, I want to ask you. You're, you've had a red-hot barn. You've had a red-hot barn the whole year. Can you can the horses sense that things are going well with the barn, and, and is it contagious as far as uh, the energy and, and how the confidence? I mean, does it help the horse, or am I crazy? No, that's a great question, man. And I totally believe in that horses are mirrors of ourselves. So mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, if, as you walk around the barn, when the barn starts winning and running well, you know, just there's just more positive energy and, and people are just fired up to be there. Mm-hmm. Horses feed off that. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it from a rider standpoint, too. You see a rider get hot. Mm-hmm. Man, they get on the back of that horse. And the horse just feels something, and mm-hmm. and the, now you get a cold rider or a nervous, anxious rider, and man, that horse feels that too. So yeah, no. now I, I think uh, when things start getting hot, it can it can definitely uh, snowball into really good things. So right now we're, we're we're feeling it, and I think the horses are feeling it, and uh, yeah. So hopefully we get that through the the Breeders' Cup weekend as well. Yeah, me too. I mean, you've been on fire. You've been. Uh... You've given out, which we'll get to later in the show, uh, given out some horses on my show, and so it's 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 great. Let's move over to what I think is and uh, what I think is going to be maybe one of the top races of the day. I'm going to go to the sprint, just so you know for your notes there. And uh, I'm probably going to beat this horse's name up, but it came out of the Gallant Bob back there in, in Parks. Uh, nice, like you said, a really good second to King Jack. And is and is that Landeskog or is it Landeskog? Yeah, yeah, Landeskog. Okay. Land, yep. Yeah, for you. Uh, yeah, go ahead with that horse. Yeah, yeah well, he he plays on uh, Gabriel Landeskog with uh, Colorado Avalanche along with Eric Johnson. Okay. Eric is uh, the majority owner of uh, or one of the owners here, and uh, yeah, he's a really cool horse, hard knocking yeah. horse. That, like you say, Coach, he, he's coming off a huge uh, second place effort in the. Gallant Bob got a hundred and eight buyer, which mm-hmm. is insane. He's doing really well, and he's trained at Sanita off and on, uh, geez, for a long time. This will be the first time he's ever run at Sanita, ironically. But mm-hmm. he's working well, and and uh, yeah, I agree with you. That's one of the most intriguing races on on the card, and and uh, oh yeah, you got again, he's got yeah. speed, which man, it just it, you're able to stay out of trouble if you can leave the gates running and, and make yourself uh, a good uh, position. And, and uh, he's got that. And Abel Cedillo is set to, to ride him back, too, for the third time. Yeah, I mean, you got Catalina Cruiser in there. Uh, Sadler said Catalina Cruiser was going to go in the sprint. 
You got Matoli, who uh, uh, who beat. I was there the day beat the McKenzie in the Metropolitan Handicap at Belmont. You got Chance a lot. You got wow, what a that's going to be some race. I can't I can't wait to see that race. And and, uh, and the thing about uh, the thing about Landeskog is the fact that the the new track there at Santa Anita, from what I'm hearing, is. You, you better have speed because you're not going to come from yeah. way off of it with that new track and, and make up a whole hell of a lot of ground. And I, I think that that horse, Landeskog, your horse, plays right into how the track is favoring. Do uh, you feel the same way or am I crazy? I do. Yeah, no, knock on wood, it's been safe, but it has kind of had that conveyor belt feel to it at times where, um, yeah, if you don't have speed, you've been a little bit up against it. But, uh, um Fortunately for for Landis Cog, it's, it's going to play into his uh, yeah his strength if it continues right into his wheelhouse. I'm going to move. Yeah. I'm going to move on to the Breeders' Cup uh, a Turf Sprint, where uh, in the pre-entries you have two horses entered: Legends of War and uh, is it Stubbins or Stubbins? Yeah, yeah, St- Stubbins. Stubbins. Yeah, yeah. And Stubbins. so yeah. Stubbins obviously coming off the uh, big Woodford win at Keeneland. And Legends of War coming off a big win at Kentucky uh, Kentucky Downs. Downs. Uh, yeah, yeah, really, really two nice-looking horses. Seem to be on their game right now. Why don't you give the fans, I love that buyer on Stubbins uh, for McShane Racing there. And uh, give the fans a little bit of a breakdown on those two horses, if you will, Doug. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's going five-eighths on the grass here at San Anita, so mm-hmm. it's... Um, shortening up a little bit for for both and and um Subbins, who is just he's a three-year-old who really seems to be actually they're both they're both three-year-olds and and this time of year you see it a lot where the three-year-olds can compete with the older horses with no problem mm-hmm. if anything sometimes you'll see the three-year-olds are a little bit stronger than the older horses this time of year so um excited about that uh, both are coming in off good form mm-hmm. Uh, Subbins will have uh, Mr. Pratt uh, mm-hmm. is going to ride him this this time. Uh, who he's been on him before. He's won on him before. Joel Rosario gave him an unbelievable ride uh, in that race in his win at Keeneland. But unfortunately, he's uh, set to ride Eddie Haskell in there, so mm-hmm. he was taken. But uh, but yeah, Subbins he'll be coming from off the pace, and then um, the other guy we've got in there, Legends of War. He's more of a speed. Uh, type of horse so he'll be more forwardly placed like you said coach he's coming off a nice win at kentucky down there yeah. in september he's had a plenty of time to um recover from there with a 99 buyer and and uh um he has run uh once going five on the turf at at san Anita, and, and he ran a, a, a really solid second uh mm-hmm. that day so i, I think um bear is going to ride him uh he's ridden him four times in the past so he's back on him uh, come Saturday, and uh, it, it's hard really to separate Legends and War and Stubbins. They're both very equally talented, and it's just a matter of pace. If uh, if the pace isn't super hot and Legends of War breaks well, I think he's got a better chance of the two. But if the pace is really hot, I think Stubbins could mow him down. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. I'm blessed both ways there. Yeah, you really are. And and, uh, yeah. and Legends of War coming off of two wins in a row and really training well right now and on its on its game. And what else could you ask for is to have horses that are on their game right now and and in rhythm to to have those yeah. entered in the Breeders' Cup. So I'll move I'll move on to the next race. I'm going to pull up is a juvenile turf sprint. 
you have a horse named four left uh, pre-entered in there. Is that yeah. horse going to get in, or is that horse on also eligible, or how's He's that? He's on the also. So yeah, we're. Um, I actually have been in touch with the Breeders' Cup people, and it looks like he's um, going to be third on the also eligible list. So mm-hmm. he'll yeah. he'll be on the form, but we're going to need some some help, real luck for for him to get in. Yep. Oh, okay. So let's move on to what I saved for the best for the well. I saved the best for last for me because I'll never forget the day you gave Lazy Daisy out on her show. <laughs> so that, that was awesome. That was so cool. So let's go to the Breeders' Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. Great, of course, it's a great race. Two million dollar purse. Bobby, of course, has Bast in there. Uh, you have two horses that boy, I like both of them, Comical and Lazy Daisy. Of course, I'm rooting for Lazy Daisy because you gave it out on the show and. Uh, <laughs> So <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's the truth. But go ahead and yeah. fire away about those two really nice uh, two-year-old fillies you got there, uh, Dougie. They, they really are. You know, I, I think uh, Comical coming off a, a huge uh, mm-hmm. second place to, to, to Bob's uh, Bast um, in in the Chandelier, the, the prep for the Breeders' Cup there at San Anita. Mm-hmm. thought that was a huge effort, and... Um, so anything close to that makes her a huge, huge factor in there. And then, mm-hmm. like you say, Lazy Daisy's just, she's run three times, uh, two wins. Um, you know, her third started out, she shipped to Kentucky and, and won a grade two at Churchill Downs. So mm-hmm. it just showed how much class and and the talented as she is. So, yeah, I, I think we're coming in there with two really strong yeah. athletes. And, and, again, a lot of this will be, you know, just hopefully um, they both get the t- type of trips that they need. And, and uh, I think both of them hopefully uh, will be right there at the wire near the front there. Hopefully hopefully one will win and uh, both are coming into it in really good shape. Yeah, that's exciting. I, of course, uh, yeah. I have a partial uh, attachment to Lazy Daisy. <laughs> so I'm playing my hand here in front of the public who I like, but... Uh, <laughs> No, that was a that was a great update on and on the horses and uh, and I'm praying and hoping that you have a great week. You've been uh, gracious to us here on the show and a good man. I'm rooting for you, and uh, let's get after it this weekend, huh? You got it, Coach Man. Thank you. Let's, let's get lucky. All right, buddy. Have a great week. All right, brother. Take okay. Bye bye. You too, man. Bye bye. Well, that's it for Monday's Breeders' Cup Week Special Odds and Ends with Mike Tice. I want to thank. Tom Ryan of SF Bloodstock, of course, Doug O'Neill, two-time Kentucky Derby winning trainer for his insight on his horses he's getting ready to enter, and of course, John Sadler, 2018 Breeders' Cup Classic winner with Accelerate. Thanks for coming on. Tomorrow, we'll have another list of great, great thoroughbred celebrities for you. You can tweet your thoughts and comments to Odds and Ends Pod, that's O-D-D-S, the letter N, E-N-D-S Pod. Have a great day, and I hope all your horses are winning horses.